you're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. The Fantasia International Film Festival is back, and it's mostly remote because COVID isn't over, everybody. Uh, as we do every year, 9to5.cc is going to be watching movies and releasing podcasts, and this is that show. If you enjoy the show, uh, the people who do this 9to5 goes to Fantasia podcast, myself, Scott, and John, have a bi-weekly show called 9ES that you can also find on uh, all wherever you get your podcasts if you just look for the 9to5 Entertainment System or 9ES or however you want to find it. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends, uh, sit back, I don't want to waste your time. Uh, here is an episode of 9 to 5 Stays In for Fantasia. Hey guys, guess what? Is it Fantasia time? Guess what? Huh? Is it Fantasia time? It is Fantasia time. It's a it's it's happening again. It's the second Fantasia edition in pandemic, and um, that means that there's a lot more stuff that you can see from the comfort of your own home. They're doing a couple in person screenings, but then that also means that they let us uh, watch movies so that we can talk about them and do our little Fantasia podcast series. But also, which I realize. But also, not just that. We're, we're going to tell uh, you about these movies that you should go see. Exactly. Some of these, uh, we worked it out, I think, correctly, possibly for the first time in our lives, where some of these podcasts are coming out before the actual screeners are available to, like, the public audience. We did it, Reddit. <laughs> we did it. We're actually going to have talk about some some of the movies that we talk about. Some of them are going to be available on demand or are already available on demand. But at least one of them uh, comes out in like a week or two, so that we can. Having or, or looked comes at out. our archives, there's a lot of those movies that never made it out. It like it's a so wide margin of them. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, <clears throat> um, one of the movies that I'm going to talk about in the in this maybe not in this episode, but in this series, actually two of them that we eventually are going to talk about. I will I will not be surprised if I never see or hear anything about these films ever again and that's not to say that they're bad movies but i think that's one of the like in a way we're super spoiled by fantasia by having access to these movies in any way shape or form because like you said like some of them just disappear and what was there like i am a knife with legs yeah Man, i like, feel blessed to have seen that we talked about <laughs> low life the other night blessed. yeah we were like hey remember Hashtag that weird blessed. canadian black and white movie where a guy like got really drunk and then fell into like a slug or whatever in the middle of the forest yeah, good luck finding that yeah <laughs> like, i love you low life yeah or kung exactly. fu elliot yeah kung fu elliot was another another canadian yeah. okay so what did you watch anyway, i mean all of that um, all of that is to say like go buy your tickets go sign up like this yeah, is all and, stuff and that so, you, you're not going to get another chance at often you know and what what i think is they had they had a pretty big deal this year which we are going to talk about not in this episode but in the next week's next episode by next week i mean like whatever tomorrow two days from now when you're listening to this but yeah they had the suicide squad uh premiere or whatever canadian premiere was part of it and then there was also a couple years ago i don't know if you guys remember but uh tarantino did inglorious bastards at fantasia so it's Mm -hmm. like this festival exists as a crazy niche genre festival, but that like legit like industry niche genre dudes like Tarantino and James Gunn are like, yeah, this festival is like fucking awesome. Awesome. And then like, like, like there, you can't tell me that that's where like Inglorious Bastards was like the studio wanted it to be 
having any kind of a premiere, you know, like I don't think it had an international, but I think maybe North American or whatever, like yeah. any kind of a premiere. I doubt the studios were like, yeah, this Fantasia festival. They're like, no, there's like, there's Sundance, there's Cannes, there's uh, South by Southwest, there's TIFF. Exactly. That's it. There's like a million more like prestigious festivals. But if you're a genre movie fan, it's Fantasia and it's the shit. Anyway, um, this episode, we are going to talk about Alien, the on stage. stage show, the movie, Alien on, Alien stage. on stage, the film. Yeah. And we are also going to talk about uh, part one of a, uh, a two part fest, uh, thing that's going to be happening. Uh, part one of Kakaguri. Kakaguri? I don't know. It's, it's, they don't say it in the film, which I wish they would. So then I have any kind of a pronunciation guide, but it's K A K E G U R U I. Kakaguri? Hey, kid, Kakaguri? did you check the. Uh... Kakaguri. Yeah. Did you check the uh, the media embargo on reviews? And stuff? I did. All right. We are. I was like, I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On the industry page, there's just sort of like all media can be has to be embargoed until this date. So yes, we're only talking about things we're allowed to talk about. Don't oh, worry. Sorry. Uh, the alien one, I don't know. Hang on. Yeah. No, I checked it. I checked it. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, exactly. But I didn't I'm know what you watched. This is the first time I'm going to hear you tell me yeah. things about movies that you saw. So yeah, so this uh, okay. Can we kakagu? Okay, can anyone can anyone help me? Help me, help me. Kakag, hang on. Kakagurui, kakagurui, kakagurui. Okay, because I'm gonna have to say it like a thousand times. Uh, so there's a double feature that you're gonna be able to have access to uh, as of Thursday, August nineteenth, which is. Kakagurui, I believe, one and Kakagurui part two. I've only watched part one. Part two will be a surprise to me. Um, part one is, it, it, there's also an anime on Netflix, if any of this sounds interesting to you, is a high school, like Japanese thriller, like in, like immediately, like uh, you're, if you're thinking um, kind of stuff like Battle Royale, you're, you're, you're in, you're in the right tone. It's not as violent as Battle Royale. At least the first one is not as violent as Battle Royale. Where it's like, it's this private school where like gambling is like the be all and end all of the school's, I don't know if necessarily curriculum or just like identity. And you can like gamble away your like life and they kind of like force you into it. And if you screw up, you're going to owe like other students millions of dollars. And they establish that like your life is over and you belong to other students as like essentially like endangered slaves, potentially for life. Like this is the like the the gambling stakes that are going on in this. Sounds school. like student loans to me. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, is I guess obviously this, but then it also just, but like a little bit more even I think like student loans slash like the blatant nepotism of like Ivy Leagues and mm-hmm. stuff because there there is like an undercurrent that it's like it's the powerful families obviously have the money to like bankroll their own kids to like not never end up in debt and then can it get ending up owning so it's like it's yes it's crippling student loans but then also like the nepotism of like the powerful families are just going to keep getting more powerful and even though you've gotten into this exclusive school you're still just screwed and you're going to be owned by a a rich like family of like generations of wealth right so it's like it's both both of those are like not minced around with with the allegories and whatever but what ultimately kind of happens in the sh- in the movie is i i was shocked that this had a two-hour runtime and held my attention the, like as much as it did because like essentially it's like 
they're setting up a system to allow, I think like a new student council member or whatever, and you can like gamble your way into a position of power. And then they introduce like some of these characters, some of them who are like trying to extract themselves from the gambling environment. And some of them who are like really into it. And it does like this thing where it kind of presents gambling as a skill, <laughs> which it isn't obviously not. What kind of like, gambling are they doing? So one of the games though, seems really fun actually ah, so I mean, gambling usually is yeah okay so it's it's the the main game and like easily like 40 percent of the film like there's like these different systems that go and like and you can kind of see it coming like the girl who's really good at it who also like plays her partner so like like manipulates her partner and whatever to like give her the advantage and all that stuff and then does so but the crux of like the final like 40 minutes of the film is based around this game that's essentially like team war Right. So every person has, um, I want to say, eight cards in their hand. So it's one through seven and a joker and a joker is wild. But you have to like pick its value. So like if you play the joker, you can. And if any two cards are played that have the same value, they cancel each other out. And you're not allowed to like verbally communicate with your partner. So it's like whoever has the plays the high card wins. But the card is also out of the game. So like if you play your six. And then someone else plays their six, they cancel each other out. So now like a seven is going to win. And yeah. if you have like a joker and it's high, you can't go above seven. And like, so, so there's like two sevens. You can't say eight because the joker can only be the seven. So you can even like burn your joker, but you play it on a high card because you'd have to pick a six or whatever. So, and like I said, then once the hand happens, it's those cards are burned. So you're still like, you're kind of like trying to like non-verbally communicate or like feel out what your partner is going to do while every hand you learn more about what the other people have left and what your partner has left. Right. Cause like the cards get used up. <laughs> so I was like, as a, as a dumb, like quick card game, like you could play this essentially with a single deck of cards, right. If everybody has a suit and then you just use a face card as the Joker, right. Cause you don't have four jokers. Like you could play this with a single deck of cards, but like as like a dumb, like drinking bar style, like just like a quick, like, Hey, you want to play this game? Like, all you need to do is get the high card. And then you kind of like realize, eight throughout the film and even just playing it that you're like, oh, yeah, it's just it's about like reading people and kind of almost like a Hanabi vibe mm -hmm. of you're like, you might start high, I'll go low. And then like they played this and like you're and again, you're not allowed communicating while you're playing it. But there is that kind of vibe. So like the actual card game that the crux of the film was based on provided a lot of tension. And like the voiceovers kind of like told you what was up. They're like, he played this thinking she was going to play this, but now this card is removed. So you're just sort of like, and it's shot all super like dynamic anime style, like when like cards flip out. And I was like, Extreme I'm so into these cards. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it's like, uh, I was thoroughly entertained. Uh, like for a 120 minute runtime, I was like shocked at how into watching teenagers basically just play cards. <laughs> like, I were there was. terrible double crosses? Uh, there weren't really like terrible double crosses. Like the, this film really seemed to be, I guess, again, it's an anime series, and maybe setting up the second film. Like, really, kind of seemed to be like setting up some of the characters, like setting up the student council president, who's just like this like super badass gambler who's like, but she's really not that important in this film, other than the fact that there's now like this other gambler who's like way better and like they can't get a read on her. And then there's like this other guy who kind of started like this fundamental like religious, borderline like religious sect of people that don't gamble, but he's the only person that's ever beat class president. And then they like, they trick him into the game. But it's like the main, the main girl who is not the student council president, like 
her entire one of her entire like goals is to get this guy to gamble because she's like if he's the only guy that beat the student council president like i must gamble against him you know like just to to get a feel for it very anime kind of like like she's like if i have any chance of like taking down the president i have to first take down the only guy that like ever did so i'm gonna like manipulate situations to gamble against him would you recommend I would recommend if if any like again if all if this is giving you like like the fun like nonsense battle royale anime tinglies it delivers exactly on that promise and even more interesting I guess dear listener to the Fantasia Nights Five podcast is that this movie came out in 2019 and uh, and it's a double screener so if you if you were watching it on August 19th Kakagurui. Uh, two is actually having its North American premiere. And basically, so what I've exactly described, right? And then has the tagline of like two Russian, ultimate Russian roulette. So now insert all that gambling tension, but instead of cards, like there's going to be, you know, kids with guns pressed to their heads (laughs) and whatever else, which then is like, I'm like, wow, that's going to be some, anime Japanese film nonsense. <laughs> like if you're like, like take the entire, everything I just described and like at no point was anyone's life in danger in the first film. But obviously like I watched the trailer for number two and like it's 100% gets intense, gets intense, guns in mouth, guns on forehead, like click empty barrel and people laughing maniacally and all that stuff. And you're like, yeah, bring me that. <laughs> so I'm excited for the sequel. Uh, and based on the first one, if it's the, the same creative team involved, like, like I said, they were just playing cards in the first one. And I was like, I was more engaged by Japanese teenagers playing cards than I was by Fast and the Furious 9. <laughs> 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 like, like in terms of like tension. And and like, that's the other thing too, is like, I know that Vin Diesel isn't going to die in Fast and the Furious 9. I don't know anything about these kids. Like, I don't know if they're going to win. Like, I don't know who's supposed to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. I would, would recommend catch it <laughs> on August 19th. Uh, Scott? You saw a film I that I really want to see. I'm going to, I really, it looked beloved. These weird lovable loser documentaries uh, about like weird niche nonsense are like sometimes the, the greatest Fantasia finds. I find and it's I, a good way to ease yourself in to Fantasia. Sometimes you look mm-hmm. at the catalog and you're like, I, I kind of want to watch this. I don't know if this is going to disappoint me or not. I, what's going to happen. And uh, like, I don't want to be let down right off the start or like confused right off the start. And mm-hmm. I always go for a good documentary. And I watched Alien on Stage, which is delightful. I, I had such a good time watching it. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad happens. That's that's the spoiler there. In an alien movie? Yeah. <laughs> Twist. So <laughs> the idea so, I mean, is I wa- it's a group yeah. of people uh, who live in Dorset in England. And they all have full-time jobs and they're all grown-ups and they all have their own shit going on. And every year they do what's called a pantomime where they do a dumb callback to the audience uh, play like Peter Pan. And yeah, like I, used to, I, I saw one of these in Two Mountains where they did MASH. Like, right? you know, like, like, like exactly where it was just like, you're like, here's a couple of the jokes from the TV show that you might remember. These are all amateur actors. They're mostly like teachers and whatever else. In, the, in this and, movie, they're, they're all like... bus drivers. Yeah. They all okay. drive yeah, exactly. double-decker buses or yeah. are married to someone who's driving a bus or their dad is someone who drives a bus. It's yeah. great. And, and and it's just like, it's like hacky, hacky theater, 
with a familiar, usually from like a familiar intellectual property and done by like amateurs. Yeah. So their uh, goal in doing this play is to sell a bunch of tickets to raise money for a local charity for one showing just before Christmas time. And they decide alien because some of their kids are idiot jerks and kind of talk them all. One of the kids writes the script, right? Yeah, one of like their kids like, is like, they're like, Dave's son wrote us a script and it's alien the musical. There's <laughs> alien. No, it's supposed to be a faithful dramatic retelling of alien yeah. done with like a $500 budget and people who are not <laughs> actors. So they do, they, they put on this play and even for their hokey bad Christmas play, it does very poorly. Like, because like, no one's going to come out. It's not. A, it's not like a feel good time. Like if you were just sort of like, right. you don't bring your kids to see that. Like the bus driver players present something like Mash, where you're like, oh, I remember Mash. You're going to be like the bus driver players present Alien. <laughs> but you know, like you can't bring your Ridley kids Scott's to that. Alien. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's a chestburster scene. You're just like, oh, maybe not for the Christmas play this year. Yeah, Except exactly. Two of the twenty people who see it were documentary filmmakers. Who were like, hey, <laughs> that was amazing. Can we run some crowdfunding to maybe try to get you a show in, in London? You know, maybe get 100 people out. And they're like, yeah, we get to do the show again. And we go to London and raise some more money for the charity, which we kind of feel a little bad about putting <laughs> a bunch of work into and raising almost no money. And hang on. But like. The, a lot of work like even in the trailer like like the props guy oh yeah seems is like like he's like i i want to be as faithful to ridley scott's vision as possible <laughs> if ridley scott had no budget the, the guy <laughs> the costume guy is the best he does the alien and he's like yeah. so he's like 60 he's like so i didn't know what to do and i was confused and i went on the internet and i found this website called instructables and this is how i made my costume <laughs> and you're like what's that's not a bad costume. That's a that's a win your Halloween costume party at work homemade costume. Oh yeah, like they, it has the little the mouth inside, yeah, like tied even. to a chin like, strap like, on his bicycle helmet. That's so amazing. In the neck, and it, it works. It was great. Like lots of lots of PVC pipe and insulation foam spray painted black. The weird so twenty four hours cryo chamber. It's great. It's a coffin <laughs> with a plexiglass. <laughs> it's a coffin with a plexiglass. Like, for the cryo chamber in the open. It's amazing. Yeah. How how they do the sound is they have the director sitting behind the cryo chamber with two aerosol cleaning can keyboard cans and he sprays them up in the air. It's <laughs> beautiful. So, it's amazing. So 24 hours later the the documentarians call back and they're just like so we raised so much money we're going to be putting the show on in Leicester Square Theater on like in the west end in the west whatever, end, right? like, like which is yeah. broadway in london and they're just like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah hundreds of people are going to be there it's going to be great it's going to be the big thing they're like man we really have to learn our lines <laughs> <laughs> which is the thing they have the most trouble with <laughs> and uh it all kind of leads up to that and then the last half hour of the movie is basically just the greatest hits of the stage show. Like they show the final product, and uh, it's amazing. Yeah, they they like they 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 clip through and show like an abridged version of Alien of of Alien the stage show. Yeah, not charmingly, amazing. hilariously terrible. 
in all of its glory. In, in every, like so earnestly attempted yeah. that you're just like, that's great. And they get, wonderful. they get laughs from the audience, but they're not mean laughs. Just like the way that they deliver lines and everyone knows the story. People are great. Like the 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 guy who comes out after getting the face hugger and he's just like, I'm really hungry. I'm a, I hope nothing else goes bad today kind of thing. Nothing else can ruin my day now. <laughs> and, you know, the audience gives a good laugh because he delivers it like so cardboardy, but with such an yeah. anticipation of what scene they're all going to watch right now. Yeah. Well, I, again, just like I said in, in in the trailer, just the 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 coffin with the plexiglass. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like dying. Like it's like a tilted up coffin, yep. and like clearly, quite clearly, a coffin just opening up. Like there's no way that if this production had like come to Montreal, I would would not be buying a ticket. Like For knowing sure. it, it would was, be musty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Knowing it would be hokey, and as like. It's not Evil Dead the musical where there's a lot of production value going in. Like this was like people, like you said, five hundred, like five hundred dollars ish yep. tops into the costumes and the like. All of the the backgrounds, which look really good, they look the, the backgrounds, the backdrops look great. Were done by the director's elderly father who works huh? in construction, and was like, this was just a bunch of crap I I collected off of other work sites that I glued to the wall and painted it gray. <laughs> and it looks great. It looks like the Nostromo, which and I kind mean, of looks that, like a bunch of stuff that was scraped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, but that was like very much like the aesthetic that the first film had, right? Was just sort of like like generic industrial stuff. Like that rows and rows of like blinking that. white lights. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. PVC pipe painted black stuck to the ceiling, right? Yeah, it's great. I I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it was emotionally beneficial to watch oh. nice people, and all yeah. of them are nice. Even the director, who's just like, "Look, I get it. We're we're going to be kind of laughed at on there, and it's funny, but I don't I don't want to be like them laughing at us because we ruined it. I want us to, you know, we know what we're doing. Can we just please fucking learn our lines?" <laughs> it's like we're doing we're doing camp but like the best camp is delivered like with earnesty right we don't want to be awkwardly stuck on stage making it yeah. bad for everyone wonderful it was great yeah. i'm excited is that and this is i believe on it's demand. available on demand so yeah if you're if you're if you're saying this is something that you want to list watch it's available on demand uh it was and it was the and the it's Quebec short it's short it's under an hour and a half yeah, an hour twenty-three. So like you're getting in and out. You know, you don't have to like plan your bathroom breaks around. It's not, and especially with the, like with the format that you just described, you're we're talking about like forty-five minutes ish of like the story, and then half hour of the play. Like of the play, yeah. So it's great. It's 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 a good popcorn TV. Magnificent. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good like palate cleanser too if you're already a few days into Fantasia then you might want to watch something that's like oh this isn't horrible or, or weird or uh, trauma or trigger inducing John right, have you looked at the catalog at all? 
Uh, not too much. I've been a little bit busy with uh, with other things, but I did manage to catch Suicide Squad, uh, the Suicide Squad, with Keith on Saturday. So I think we're gonna get. Yeah, that to sounds that like a big the movie. Next... We're, we're gonna have to. Yeah, that was. I think that was like the headliner, the big major headliner for the show. Yeah, we better do a whole other show just for that one. Yep. So be sure to check your tune pod in for feeders it. and tune in for it. Bye. Oh, hey there, loyal person who sticks around after the podcast to listen to the outro of a podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. If this podcast is fun for you, if you like to hear us talking about Fantasia movies, obviously share it, tell people about it. We do this just about every year. Uh, and for the rest of the year, uh, I also host a podcast called Go Plug Yourself, where we talk to uh, interesting Montrealers, sometimes uh, interesting Montreal filmmakers uh, from time to time, uh, every two weeks. And that alternates with our other podcast, 9ES, which is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, where myself and Scott, who you just heard on this episode, uh, along with another one of our friends, John, uh, basically talk about geek pop culture movies comics video games uh, every two weeks that alternates with go plug yourself uh so yeah tell people about this show tell people about our shows go listen to some of our podcasts go listen to podcasts in general and uh i guess watch uh, fantasia movies and continue to support genre cinema thank you 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011